Welcome. What's up? Hey, everyone. Uh, today is a very interesting episode. Mm-hmm. We spoke on energy. Yes, indeed. Or what the Greeks called energia. <laughs> maybe it's more Beautiful G. Maybe, maybe it's a more of a G, right? More of like a... Oh, you might be right. Not yeah, sure. Maybe, I don't yeah, know Greek. Yeah, was it Latin yeah. or Greek? He was Greek. Okay. Anyway. Either way. <laughs> either way, you know, um, if you were always wondering, like, what the hell is energy? We also were wondering, and so Terrence here did a little bit of research, and, you know, he kind of just tackled the issue. What is energy? Yeah, so we talked about the history of energy, basically. So you guys will, you know, actually hear how the whole thing developed. You know, we talk about Nerther's theorem, which is one of yeah. the big, you know, mathematical generation uh, generalizations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, to give you energy conservation, and uh, anything else, one I miss? No, but it's it's kind of a. I mean, we throw a little, we throw a couple terms out there that are a little kind of abstract and mathematical. But, yeah, yeah. But we do our best to try to define them as we go along, and, and so hopefully this can be applied generally and if we didn't well you know leave us a comment <laughs> be like you guys need yeah, to get shit on us there well yeah guys just uh make sure you um you know subscribe to our channel yeah. like share comment again yes yes and go to the twitter page because uh we have we like terrence mentioned that we have some interesting stuff that you can follow up on on our Twitter page. Yeah, got a video yeah. in there um, by, I forget the guy's name, it's Nick something. Yeah. But um, we're at Eigenbros on Twitter. Yes. And then, of course, on Instagram as well. Mm-hmm. All the good platforms, you know, mm-hmm. you can find the audio mm-hmm. anywhere pretty much. Yeah. Uh, Apple, Spotify, Google Play. Yeah. Um, and yeah, guys, uh, stay tuned. Mm-hmm. Three, two, one. We're live. We live. Hey, everyone. Um, we're back. Uh, and this special episode once more of Vigan Bros. Thank you for listening. Yes. Yeah. And what's this episode on today, Juan? It's over energy. Indeed. It's, um, yeah. It's uh, you know, we're 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 gonna try our best here after listening to some feedback here. Um, I don't know if you want to take that for me. Yeah. Um, to try to you know uh, try to have a little bit of more more formal kind of um. What would you say? Like layout? Yeah, I guess more of an outline to our podcast. Scripted, we had a couple yeah. of good criticisms from yeah. uh shout out to to the um IDW uh Reddit. That's um that stands for uh intellectual dark web. So I don't know if you're familiar with um, Jesus. <laughs> I don't know if you're familiar with uh Eric Weinstein, Jordan Peterson, uh I know Eric. I know of Peterson. But, yeah. Sam yeah. Harris. Ben Samuel. Shapiro, all those guys are in the intellectual dark web. Okay. I'm not really a big fan of Ben Shapiro, though, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's in there, apparently. Joe Rogan, I think, is in there. I can't believe Joe Rogan's in there. Well, I think he's not really, he's like kind of a loose member. I think he calls it the ineffectual dork web. <laughs> I mean, I, I would agree with him on that one. I would call it the dork web. <laughs> yeah, but some of those guys are next level. Like Eric Weinstein, I'm a huge fan. Yeah, uh, Eric. Eric's cool from what I've- yeah, He's fucking awesome. He, he's a cool guy. I, I mean, just from uh, just from listening to that one episode. Anytime, any yeah. any any physicist that he has on, I'm like, okay, these are these are. Cool well, I think guys. he's technically a mathematician. So, 
yeah. <laughs> tomato 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 <laughs> at, at his level i guess yeah right <laughs> um, but yeah anyway so um on to energy so yes. i guess i wanted to ask you first one uh what's your take on energy man what's what's some things that kind of come to your mind when you think of energy energy yeah energy is god no, no wrong answers. It's God. <laughs> <laughs> kind of is, though. It kind of is. Yeah. If you think about the the one sort of principle that you cannot, um, that you must abide, the, the law is like conservation of energy, and, and that's the one thing that we, we don't really understand why it exists, but it exists. It, ha- it It's just a property of nature that that is there. Um, right. Yeah. I don't. I don't know if. I don't know if any physicists have tried to make sense of it in a deeper framework. Have you? Have you? Have you read anything on this? Do, do, yeah, yeah. Let's not jump the gun. Okay. Okay. But, yeah, um, yeah. I can at least tell you a little preview about it. It's. Mm-hmm. It's. Um. I think M- Emmy Nerther probably did the best mm-hmm. job of that. Yeah. So I know you're probably familiar with Nerther. I'm probably yeah. not saying her right, her name right, but um, yeah, Nether, Nether, Nether. I think it's like Neuter or something. I'll, we'll spell it out for you guys: N O E T H E R. Bingo! Yeah, look at Mister One over here with the spelling cred. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah. So the, for the non-physicists out there, um, Emmy Neuter. I'm not. I'm gonna call her Neuter. I don't remember how to say her name correctly, but she's a mathematician, probably one of the most influential people. You know, besides like Einstein during his era, she's one of the big hitters that, you know, you know, kind of got her credit a little bit too late, you know, because, of course, she was a woman back then. They didn't really have um, the best uh, support for women in the sciences. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, even like I think I think it was like Hilbert had to put his name on her uh, lecture for them to even Mm -hmm. take her seriously at all or something. And they called her like the assistant professor or something. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I mean, Nerther, she created this theorem of mathematics that as Juan was saying, you know, the conservation of energy is one of this these big concepts of physics is basically mm-hmm. in the physics Bible. Yeah. And she kind of extrapolated that concept to a more generalized viewpoint. And and mathematic we'll get, mathematically. Yeah, yeah. We'll get more into it uh, yeah. later as we go on. So what would you so what would you say is like the formal definition Okay. For energy. So yeah, we actually got that. And uh, Juan, I think you might have it on your computer, or maybe yeah. I have it here. Let's see. Okay, yeah, we got it here. So, um, just reading from Wikipedia, it says basically in physics, energy is the quantitative property that must be transferred to an object in order to perform work on or heat the object. So, um, yeah, that's kind of the definition that mm. i've had in, i had in my head of energy i guess you could say but you know it's not really that satisfying i mean what do you right. think about that no but that's because i think we try to derive more of um an intuitive sense of energy like you don't really see un- unless you're really paying attention you really see like energy you see this transference property of energy that and and you and you sort of it's it's not immediately obvious to you that energy can't be created or destroyed Right, is what right, I'm to say. right. It's not, it's not intuitive, right? It's not like this yeah. a priori. Oh, it's obvious to see this. Yeah, yeah. It's not because, like, your everyday experiences, you know, when you, how would you say, what would you say is an everyday experience that points to the opposite, like the counter? 
of it. Well, I don't know if there is. Yeah. To me, the concept of energy itself is mm-hmm. already a non-intuitive kind of thing. Yeah. Which is the whole reason why I thought this podcast would be very useful to do, just yeah. because energy itself to me doesn't make sense. Or it's something that I don't think I ever would have thought of on my yeah, own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But true. actually, it's kind of interesting because now that I've gone through the, the history mm-hmm. of the energy, which is what we'll kind of talk about here today, yeah, yeah. the concept of energy actually seems much more attainable to me now. You know, we kind of, you know, in physics, especially, you know, I'm sure physicists, you guys can can vouch for this. You, you know, a lot of times when we're in in our subjects, you know, you kind of think of like you kind of take these concepts for granted mm-hmm. and you're kind of like, wow, like. I don't know how these people came up with all this shit, but it must have taken some real geniuses to make all this yeah. stuff, Yeah, you know, and, and, and it's and it's so simplified and things are so well hashed out now. You can kind of get lost in how these things were developed. Yes. And actually, um, yeah, because you, you, well, you get the impression that it's usually, it's, how did one person ever come up with this? But it's, it's built on the, the shoulders of giants, as Newton said. Exactly, exactly. So you, you kind of get a disjointed, um, perception yeah. of this. You get a false perception of how these concepts were created. Yeah, like, like okay, like the Greek, the Greek term for energy. Yeah. Right? That's energia. Uh, I'm using some Latin. I'm using Latin. <laughs> I'm using Latin. <laughs> that. Uh, I think he might be close. Yeah, probably. It's yeah. very close. You know, Mediterranean, Latin. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Same shit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, even they were, even they had this concept of energy and, and, mm-hmm. uh, and if, if, if we did our job right we should have asked people what they think about energy in some form or manner mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> um, oh you're alluding to our yeah. potential video we could be doing <laughs> yeah yeah we're we, gonna do it we're gonna do it yeah. okay so cool <laughs> um yeah and even they were thinking about it and it, at you know up to what fourth century bc like, yeah yeah so uh you see in the notes there one it yeah. says um the nicomachean ethics what the hell is that? So the concept of energy came first from Aristotle, actually, mm. if you can believe that. So Nicomachean, and I looked up, was actually, it's either his his son, his name, I forget the actual name, but Nico is related to his either his son's name or his father's mm. name. Mm. So Aristotle called the Nicomachean ethics, he named it after his father or his son, mm. and it's kind of a way of... It's like a philosophy of of life, mm-hmm. how how the enlightened man should live. You know, I thought that was pretty interesting, and that's the first time they used the word energy. So he came up with this woo kind of concept. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it of, wasn't woo. I'm not necessarily sure, but the first but I mean, instant to appear. Yeah, yeah, I think it's nothing like the concept that it the energy concept that of energy Aristotle today. came up with was not related at all to the concept of energy. Ah, okay. now okay. the 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 word was co opted. You know, much later, you mm-hmm. know, the, the, the word usage of energy came much, much later after the Nicomachean ethics in like the 1800s, mm-hmm. you know, and this is fourth century BC. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess the official, the official definition that we use today is closer to what is in the standard SI units um, of, of how we define energy today. Right now, now the definition of energy is more like uh, is, is what is a jewel yeah pretty much right like how, right, uh, the right. working the working definition right 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 so the of course the physicists will out there will know that the si unit of energy is the jewel mm-hmm. and it says um which is the energy transferred to an object by work you know um 
of moving at a distance one meter against a force of one newton. Mm-hmm. So you can you can kind of visualize that. You know, when you're looking at, um, imagine if you have a box. You know, a box just sitting on the ground. If you move that box one meter, mm-hmm. you know, against gravity. You know, gravity is not one newton, but we can just pretend that's one newton for now. That would be you're giving it energy now. So you've now given that box potential energy. And then yes. once you drop that box, now you've done work. It's the yeah. exact opposite. You can think of work and energy as opposites. And then, of course, you know, as we know, on the work energy relationship, we actually relates potential energy to um, work. Mm-hmm. So work is just a negative of potential energy. Yeah. So if you don't understand that, don't get too caught up, guys. Um, just think of potential energy as like it gives you it's like this energy that shows you the ability to do work. So yes. like a battery would be a way of having, of having uh, a store of potential energy. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the classic example. Yeah. Because, you know, it's got all that energy stored up. Once you actually connect the circuit, now you've got, you know, now electrons flowing and yeah. you're doing some yeah, things. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's, that's the, the SI unit of, of energy is the joule. Mm-hmm. And that of course is thanks to, the uh, James Prescott Jewel, mm. you know, his vapes are sick. <laughs> <laughs> he died from vape sickness, the, the mysterious vaping sickness that's plaguing people today. Right. Um, but yeah, um, like the the most, how would I say this? The, um, it's, I think I kind of iterated this already, but um, someone very important to physics, like a character like Feynman, um, he he's probably one of the most eloquent physicists we've had yeah right like a great explainer a they great call explainer him. yeah, yeah. He, he's one of these people that are revered for explaining for understanding the concepts to a good enough level to explain them to a layman right um i think it's because you know it's uh he's 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 uniquely american yeah, he's probably the yeah. only physicist I can think of is that un- uniquely American with all the character traits. Of, yeah, yeah, of <laughs> of most Americans. Um, That's true, huh? A lot of these physics- physicists seem so unattainable because they're like you know these cold Russian. Yeah, you know, they're all they're mostly international people. Yeah, yeah, like you know they're not they're usually not U.S. native born people. It's yeah. like uh, yeah, but but he's one of the people that you see that's like uniquely American. And right. He. he he kind of gives his take in, in what energy is in the Feynman lectures. Uh, he, he says that, oh, he's kind of explaining conservation of energy to, to, to people. And this might, if yeah. I'm, correct me if I'm wrong, but this might be one of the lectures that's on YouTube. He has a series, a lecture series on YouTube. He does, but this is actually... From his so book. If you're talking... Saying. Yeah, so if you're referencing the, what's in the script yeah. here, um, he... What's in his book is the one that I've written here. I see, but I see. Um, he might have something similar on yeah, the lectures, check, check but I think he out. kind of, yeah, I think he talks more off the cuff yeah. on those though. Although I know he has a script on his podium, I think he's still more, um, free in his speech yeah. then. Check those out if you haven't already. Uh, the, that's a really cool, like lecture series of, of him. Yeah. Um, so basically this, this thing I have in the script here, one is I wanted you to, um, look at it. It's, yeah. uh, just something that, um, I wrote cause I thought it was a good, it yeah, he, he a gives good, a good summary. He, good he says, he says conservation of energy states that there is a certain quantity, which we call energy, that doesn't change, like, that in, doesn't change when nature sort of, how do you say? Um, undergoes her processes or something, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, th- that is like, 
it's a really abstract idea because it's based on an it's a, it's based on an it's an axiom right yeah. it's yeah. just like this we can only say that it's cons- this quantity is conserved like meaning mm-hmm. meaning at, at the initial state you have energy a and at the final state you have energy a and that's right ideally yeah ideally yeah you you well, in conservative, we call yeah, this... Yeah, yeah. Uh, exactly. exactly. <laughs> we call this conservative uh, uh, systems. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all that means is that your system is closed. Like, it's a closed yeah. loop. The universe, some might say, is a whole closed environment. So, I think that... I don't know if this is up for debate, but <laughs> but the total energy in the universe should be conserved. I think it is up to, for debate as long as we don't know everything about the universe. We don't, yeah. But it's accepted by scientists yeah. that everything is conserved in the universe. Everything should be conserved. Right. Even me, like, even with black holes. Yeah. Me, that me, was a whole conundrum with black yeah. holes because at least they still have the black hole radiation, yeah. right? Yeah, right. Meaning me, some of these big ideas, we can always go back to conservation of energy to help us right. answer them in some way. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, but anyway, yeah, it, it, he, he just pretty much states that it's, it's not, it's not really an intuitive thing because like, me and Terrence were saying it's not mm-hmm. something you deal with your in your daily life. So mm-hmm. we kind of have to build analogies to describe mm-hmm. describe what it is. So right, right, yeah. So and there's actually another important point in there. One. Mm-hmm. So it says if you see after it says um it is so I uh, so not Einstein um Feynman also says um it says that there is a numerical quantity which does not change when something happens. It is not a description of a mechanism or anything concrete. Mm-hmm. It is just a strange fact that we can calculate some number, and when we finish watching nature go through her tricks and calculate the number again, it is the same. So that's pretty much it. So very interesting. It's like even Feynman doesn't really give a like tangible thing about energy. It's kind of like this abstract idea where it's like, well, this is what it does. Yeah, like this is it's what a, we it's see. a number that we calculate basically. Yeah. Um. He gives some more in the final lectures. I thought there were some interesting things. He actually goes through an analogy about blocks. Mm-hmm. Um, but it still has that, once he uses the blocks, he takes them away, and then it still becomes kind of an abstraction. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I was trying to think more if I can give even more explanation for what energy is. And, you know, energy is so many things, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like mass is energy. You know, we found that with Einstein. Yeah. You know, there's a mass energy relation, E equals MC squared. Yeah. So your mass contains energy. You know, if you converted your mass, let's say if you, you know, if you burnt your mass, for example, or maybe not your mass, that might hurt. But <laughs> <laughs> if you burnt some mass, you know, a lot of times, you know, our systems of power, you know, a lot of times we still use steam. Yeah. You know, if you're burning something, you're burning matter, it creates steam. Yeah. You can use that steam to do something. That's yeah. energy. Yeah, and so, energy matter relation is something that's, I mean, to, to us today, it might be obvious now because we kind of have, you know, like you were saying, batteries, right? They store energy, but those inside that battery is just a, a, a bunch of, it's just chemicals. Yeah. Like a certain arrangement of molecules in such a way where, you know, you can make electrons sort of store energy. Right, um, right. And yeah, um, but anyway, like um, what you 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 almost wanted to, you wanted to kind of bring up this thing called um, 
Viz, what is it? Viz Viva? What, 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 how do you pronounce that? Viz Viva? So it's Viz Viva. Yeah, what, or what I guess you, what it's Viz Viva. Okay. If you is, want to get really technical with the Latin. <laughs> <laughs> what, is, what is that? What does that, that sounds mean? dumb, though. How, how does it relate to energy? Yeah, so energy for this is kind of the, the meat of the discussion here. I wanted to go through the history of the Viz Viva. I'm going to call it the Viz Viva because that sounds fucking stupid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Viz Viva controversy. Yeah. So this is kind of the development of how energy was conceived mm. so vis viva i've actually got a definition from wikipedia here so vis viva i'm going to read it um from wiki it says from the latin of for living force mm. is a numerical term used uh the first known description of what we now call kinetic energy in an early formulation of the principle of conservation of energy mm. okay okay yeah this physicist will let you know um like there's an essential distinction between types of energy, kinetic energy and, and like potential energy. Right. So that's kind of interesting that they had this. So, but what, what's the crux of this? So are they, are they kind of the controversy behind all this is, is, is what exactly? Okay. So when learning about the Vs Viva controversy, and it was very interesting to me, um, because there was this kind of weird crossover between science, uh, theology, and philosophy that uh, you really don't get. Oh, so they ever they, now. So this that's interesting. So they were at like a crossroads where they're like, "What the fuck is energy?" Yeah, it's, it was actually really interesting, man. Because like I was reading through the old papers yeah. of like Descartes and um, Newton, yeah. and um, Leibniz, and basically it's like they're talking like. It's crazy because like some of their assumptions, let's say, especially Descartes, like it's a metaphysical assumption. He uses things like because God X, oh. Y, and Z. He says one of the reasons for the conservation of energy concept was because he says because God in his perfection, you know, makes things move in like movement is conserved or something around along those lines. Um, that's why you should have some number that is always conserved because God is perfect in his, in his motions. He's mm -hmm. the prime mover. So that movement must be conserved. Mm -hmm. And that's like a really interesting argument, yeah, right? It's like a metaphysical argument. Yeah, they're operating in a theological framework yeah. for, for this. For exactly. So it's yeah. a weird, it's a weird mixture that you just do not see anymore. So these guys are like, they're not only scientists. They're like trying to find, they're like mm -hmm. in that weird spot where they're scientists uh, theologians and philosophers at the same exact time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it just shows you, like, back in the days when things weren't understood, is like these heavy hitters, like, they're a crossover between religion, science, and philosophy. Mm -hmm. Like, all these things are kind of the same now. Mm -hmm. And all these things now have branched out now to their own things. Right. Um, and of course, the most uh, useful of them being sciences. <laughs> I mean, you, you know, know I had to take that shot yeah, one. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> you, you, I know, I know, I know. You, I, I, I wouldn't expect well, just anything saying. less. So. <laughs> um, okay, so I got here. Um, so you're saying you're saying there was like a defining moment when Descartes said he defined momentum or something. Like, are like, you looking at the script? Yeah, he's trying to describe like this. Yeah, because like, so, they're talking about. They're talking about conservation of energy, and then they're talking about current. You're you're saying they were talking about movement now, so now yeah. there's a conservation of momentum in a way. Well, that's the thing. This yeah. is the controversy. So, the Vs Viva controversy in a nutshell. 
Gottfried Leibniz, mm. we're familiar with him. He's the infamous he's, um, Newton's rival. Newton's rival in calculus. If you guys don't know about him, he yeah. he's if you've taken calculus, he's he's has a distinct style. Yeah, in dif, like writing out his calculus right. notation, as opposed to uh, Newton. I think Newton used uh, like letters like d d over dx. No. That's Leibniz. No, 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 no. Who's the one who used the primes? That's thought, Newton. I thought the dots well, dot notation was Newton. Oh, because okay, remember okay. Newton's. Yes, this is the thing. This is important actually okay, because okay. Newton's system was inferior to Leibniz. This actually held back the English. Oh, because yes, because they right. would not use right. the Leibniz notation, which is superior, mm-hmm. because he treated it like a coefficient, like a um, quotient in a sense. Mm-hmm. You know, there's this famous, there's this funny thing. You know, this kind of a meme where you know physicists will treat uh, or tra- physicists say like dy over dx is a quotient you mm-hmm. know and the mathematicians will you know face palm <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's kind of like we use this is this is for the calculus people this is the derivative you know operator yeah, yeah, um, yeah we treat it like a quotient don't mind if you don't understand what that means but this is the Leibniz notation this is the more powerful notation Newton yeah. actually used a different notation which held back um sciences yeah. for them and for for right now a derivative is the basically the operation of taking the slope at a point right the instantaneous yeah. slope, slope yeah. if you don't understand that it doesn't matter it's fine yeah you, know, you don't need it for this discussion but yeah. that that was okay so you're saying this ties into this in some way it actually doesn't which is kind of okay. interesting <laughs> it's like when you th- you know we all know about the newton leibniz yeah uh, yeah yeah uh them duking it out yeah, yeah the uh the the whole contention Notation, between them yeah. they actually are also having contentions in this fucking um <laughs> so, their, so their rivalry so their rivalry is deeper than just calculus yeah, man. so i was like i didn't realize how deep they were of rivals <laughs> um although i guess it's a little bit looser because yeah. it's more leibniz has kind of the um the rivalry rivalry mostly with descartes mm-hmm. i guess you could say mm-hmm. but newton's newton kind of is more than descartes side Oh, okay. So Newton has a friend. He's an ally. Yeah, but of course, Descartes is dead by this point. Uh, you know, this is another thing that we, we you know, I think a lot of mathematicians and physicists don't get is we don't really have a time period or yeah, a time lengths, frame of when these scales. guys existed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So Descartes preceded both Leibniz and Newton. By hundreds of years, probably, right? Um, I don't think that much. I think, no? I think he just barely preceded them. Maybe he did. I forget. I think it's 1600s, though. But I'd have to look it up. Okay. Early 1600s, and then Leibniz and them were late. Oh, maybe 1600s. a generation or two. Yeah, maybe a generation. Yeah. Um, but he, you know, uh, Descartes preceded them, and he formed his own version uh, of, I think they called it the um, the quantity of motion. But not to get ahead of myself. Uh, let me see. I just wanted to make sure I touched on the yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. the the kind of the nutshell vis viva. So let me go back. So it says, "Nah, bro, you're good. You're building on it, man. You're the, building." The on two it. theories are now understood to be complementary, essentially. So the thing is, yeah. So that was actually an important point, though, because it's funny. Like Newton and Descartes were actually kind of describing the conservation of momentum. Yeah, Leibniz actually was kind of describing the conservation of energy. Oh. At the time, they didn't know. They didn't have. They couldn't make the distinction. Yes. So the vis viva controversy, as I said in the beginning, was more related to the kinetic energy. Yeah, because I mean, what you said when you said Rene, like or Descartes said, 
that God preserves like translations or movements or something like that, that made me think, oh, he's talking about momentum. Right, exactly. Because, yeah, I mean, now I'm operating obviously in this framework where I already make that distinction. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But, uh, but him using that language, I'm like, oh, he's talking about momentum. He's not talking about energy. Right. And actually, Juan, there's this next part of the script that I have you on here, right? Yeah, but yeah, it's really it? long, so I don't yeah, know if I yeah. want you to read all nah, that. No, nah, no. I mean, we, we can kind of touch up on those points. Like okay. just saying, like, you know, he, how Descartes was defining momentum as, yeah. you know, he, he, he was defining momentum as mass and the speed of an object. Right, right. Defines its momentum. And that's very important that you said speed. Yeah. So Descartes actually even was distinct from Newton in the sense that Newton actually was more for MV, and V is a vector, vector. so it's momentum it's times velocity, in a sense. And Descartes was momentum times speed. So speed, for the record, velocity is speed with a direction. Yeah. yeah. So for those of you who have taken introductory physics, you know, velocity is distinct from speed because it has magnitude and direction. Speed only has magnitude. Yeah, it's just so, a number. Yeah, so yeah, with yeah. Descartes, he was like very, he was, yeah, he was very, um, what would you say, like very surface level in the definition because he only took into account the speed. Yeah. So he didn't even take into account like if you had two balls that, you know, bounce back with each other and they had different directions of momentum, right, but they'd still be right. conserved. So he only looked at magnitudes. Yeah, uh, interesting. And then Newton was kind of an evolution of that because he looked at the actual velocities and mm -hmm. made and it was it's like the vector form now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's got negative sign for velocity if you're going backwards and mm -hmm. a positive sign is going forward. Yeah. So and uh, yeah, continuing on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, so so in his framework in this Cartesian momentum definition, and momentum isn't conserved in a way, right? Because you can't you don't have vectors. In, opposing Descartes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Well, yeah. it is conserved in a rudimentary way, right? So it's like it's conserved if the system's acting in like if both the speeds are like in the same direction or something. Oh, I see. I see. Yeah. So it's like a more it surface breaks level down. Form. It breaks down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and more rigorous terms when you add on direction. Right, right. Yeah. Like, and a lot of these things, man, if you read these papers, they're so unlike any of the papers that we read mm -hmm. today. Um, it's really interesting. I suggest anybody looking into this, like maybe we'll even put the links up on the YouTube. Mm -hmm. um, you should go back and look at these old papers because they used like no math. They're talking They're about all talking these concepts. The, yeah, they yeah. treat this like a philosophy, a philosophy paper. Mm -hmm. They do use diagrams and things, and it's like all this crazy geometry. They love geometry, um, but the mathematics is not really there. Mm -hmm. um, so a lot of these things are being ascribed to their talks mm. after the fact mm -hmm. like i don't think newton nor descartes were saying mv or absolute value v for speed mm. you know they're all talking in a way where it's a very philosophical um mm -hmm. approach yeah and and i mean by that time like what's his name huygen uh, huygens huygens yeah 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 huygens <laughs> uh, established that like you know the the sum of of an object's mass mm -hmm. times the speed, like basically times the speed or whatever v squared. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, is a is conserved in collisions in which the objects pretty much bounce off each other. Yeah. Right. So, uh, so by that time, they already had that idea of like, oh, yeah. Uh, you know uh, what is it called? It's sort of a conservation of momentum for for elastic collisions. Well, it's an MV squared. Yeah. So it's the oh, so they're adding, energy. Okay, so they're saying they're saying 
Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you're right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, yeah. So he's, he's, this is, and this is after the fact, after Leibniz. Because actually, I don't know if we explain this, because Leibniz, mm. you know, Newton's MV, mm-hmm. right? So he's talking about momentum. Leibniz is talking about MV squared as yes. well. So Huygens, I think, establishes this later on. Oh, so Huygens well. comes through and is like, oh, this is energy, V squared. Adding mass times velocity squared gives you, obviously, well, if you look or at the units. Or times speed squared, I think. Yeah, yeah. Which is the same, the same yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you if you, if you you look at the units, right? Yeah. It comes out as energy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he claimed it was energy yet, but this is one of the, the controversies. Which, one's the, which one is the V's viva or the life force? So you can already tell they don't they yeah. don't know what it means. They're, They're not like, using dimensional analysis. Yeah, they well they don't have <laughs> they don't even have names for these different concepts. Yeah. They don't know they think that there's some godly conserved quantity or the life yeah, force. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they don't know what it is. They don't know if it's M V or M V squared. Mm-hmm. So then uh, let's see, continuing on, Juan, where are we? Yeah, yeah. But like how this ties into Newton's second law, or Huygen had already kind of like tried to define like Newton's second law. And uh, yeah, and, and this guy, what's his name? Walls, Wallace, Wallace. Who, who's who's this Wallace guy? Where where is he? I believe in? Wallace might be an engineer. Okay, so he's just like, but a, I'm not sure. Don't yeah. quote me. I can't really tell you much about him because I didn't. But he, go into but he comes out him. of nowhere. He comes out of nowhere and gives a gives an accurate description of mm-hmm. of of what would you say the the uh, conservation hap- momentum. Mm-hmm. So these guys are all after the fact. This is kind of just showing what the history is after okay, so this building, whole thing. Okay, so they're building up on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so they actually are giving these things some solidification to the concepts. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and that's good enough. Um, yeah, so so the Cartesian thing is the quantity of motion is what Descartes called it. Mm-hmm. So just remember that term in case we use it again. Yeah. But this is the V's Viva controversy of the life force, and yeah, they're kind yeah. of debating which one is the life force. So yeah. Newton, uh, Leibniz, mm-hmm. Descartes all have these concepts that are like mm-hmm. they don't know which one is the life force. Okay, so it says basically the main problem is um, Leibniz and the Descartes were talking about two different concepts, as we said. So it's momentum and kinetic energy. So the, more, the most important um, issue between them is basically it's boiled down to language. So they just don't have the language for the two concepts. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. And this so then, this basically spawned uh, Descartes. Um, Descartes' uh, philosophy was written in his uh, Principia Philosophiae. Mm-hmm. Or Philosophiae, mm-hmm. however you say it. Yeah, but then neither ne- comes around, right? So after, after all is said and done, you know, maybe... Well, this is a little bit jump the gun, uh, maybe as I put in there, Nerther, but Nerther, she didn't come till way later. Yeah, yeah. She yeah, doesn't come, she's during Einstein's era. Yeah, like late 1800s. Yeah. Yeah. So... So at least 200 years later, probably. Yeah. So I guess we can... So pretty much the script no, is... No, 150 is, is, years later. The but, script is finished there, but we can continue on. So yeah. let me see if I can wrap this up kind of nicely in yeah. a way that makes sense. So um, we have... Leibniz and Newton basically having contention between momentum and um, conservation momentum, cons- conservation of kinetic energy. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing is, what we know is Leibniz was pretty much accurate in a lot of his statements because he noticed that um, the reason why Leibniz didn't like the living force being 
or the V's Viva being MV is because he actually saw that momentum is not conserved when you drop the ball from A point A to point B. So as you know, when you try to calculate MV at the top and the bottom, if you drop the ball, it's not equal, right? No. So that was his problem. You get a change in momentum, actually. And that's because the gravitational force is acting on it. So it's actually not conserved. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if they were that sophisticated enough to know that, but he noticed that when you're dropping a ball in the air or something, the momentum is not conserved. Mm-hmm. But he did notice that MV squared was conserved, which is why he was like, oh, this is the real living force, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he also noticed that it worked in elastic collisions. But then, of course, people found the flaw in his argument, which was, you notice that kinetic energy, we know, physicists know, kinetic energy is not conserved in any elastic collisions. Mm-hmm. Right? So mm-hmm. when you calculate a collision that's inelastic, you notice that the energy is not the same for an inelastic collision. The kinetic energy is not the same for an inelastic collision. Mm-hmm. So, then the, so then the momentum people are like, no, this is the living force. <laughs> because... MV is always conserved mm. with inelastic and elastic collisions. Mm. So this is where the contention happens. So they're like, we don't know whose living force is the best. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. It fails in certain regimes. Kinetic energy fails when you're trying to conserve inelastic collisions. Momentum MV fails when you're trying to conserve force or when you're trying to conserve energy or when you're trying to conserve the momentum in a in a force field, let's say, mm-hmm. when there's an external force acting on the system. So this is why they both had so much time to argue. That's funny because we also kind of have arguments like that today because we we go, let's say, we work in different frameworks for certain problems. Mm-hmm. And the frameworks that we operate in, we go back and forth between energy, the energy framework and the momentum framework. Isn't yeah, that interesting? Depending on the problem. Right. So it's not... And a lot of times we use both. We just love to have as many... We, we Flexibility m- Yeah, energy choice. and momentum conservation are like so great to have because mm-hmm. it's like we almost get two free equations for free, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of times. Yeah. You know, and that's what you need to be able to solve physics problems, you know, yeah. a lot of times because you'll have like two unknown variables and that's such a th- great thing that we take for granted a lot of times. Yeah, it's so true. Like, it, it just seems so interesting that these guys were duking it out and didn't know that, yeah. you know, that, that they're giving... Why not both? Yeah, exactly. The whole, whole situation, <laughs> you know? Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so I guess... um, But, yeah, so anyway, so so that's like a nice little bow on it, I think. Yeah, so I guess I guess we can talk about Nerther a little bit. Yeah, um, how, when she came around, so... Yeah, so Nerther, you know, she came around way later. She's Einstein era. 18, eight, late yeah, 1800s. 1800s and things yeah, r- yeah. around there. 1900, um, I think. Maybe not Yeah, early 1900s, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I can't yeah. remember. Um, but, yeah, Nerther is really interesting because she kind of made it so that she put a bow on, like, everything pretty much here because... Mm. She showed that, let me see, is there a definition? Yeah, you give the definition. Yeah, so I have the definition here. So it says that energy, that every differentiable symmetry of the action of a physical system has a corresponding conservation law. Now, that statement is actually very rife with a lot of high-level concepts. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you don't understand what that means, I get it. 
most importantly, the the biggest words in there are going to be symmetry and action, I think. Uh We kind of talked about what conservation laws are. You know, it's just something that gets conserved. But, and differentiable might be one, too, if you don't know calculus. But it's just basically saying that there is some property. What? You pointed the camera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's because the battery on that one is... Oh, is the battery messed up? Uh, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll give you a second. I'll, I'll explain okay. what, what it says yeah, here. Yeah, pull that in. Pull but, that uh, in. But yeah, the, uh, I mean, all, all Nether's theorem says is that a symmetry of a physical system is, can be described as, how would, how would I say this? Let me see. Um, ah, basically... The physics, how would you... Okay, I'm just going to wait for Terrence. Yeah. For this okay. So this one's kind of hard to explain, but... To, to the layman, yes, because we, yeah. we, we deal with this in physics quite a bit because we've developed whole formalisms behind this theorem. Yeah. yeah. You know, we talk about the Hamiltonian framework, the right. Lagrangian framework right. to solve problems. I mean, the, these are all both different forms of things. So Hamiltonian is the energy... Right. Uh, framework yeah and then the lagrangian framework Hamiltonian just basically means total energy total energy framework and then the lagrangian framework which is the difference yeah the difference between energies yeah. so difference between kinetic and potential energy yeah and this one is interesting because the lagrangian framework um can be u- is typically used i think to prove nether's theorem because what her theorem yeah. says is that your physical system will take a path of least action meaning the minimizes the energy Overall, mm-hmm. right? So that, I don't know if that's her theorem, but that's that's kind of. I think I, that's actually Lagrange might have invented the principle of each action. No, I, th- I you, you probably I'm not but, sure though. But she, I think she generalizes it, if I remember okay. correctly. Okay. And and yeah, so so in that framework though, you have you have these ideas of action and yeah. and minimizing action. Anyway. Yeah. And act, so action oh, is like I don't know what the fuck that really well, means. Well, still, well, well, if we want to give you, if we want to give you some idea, it really that to me is the living force, because it's it's energy moving in time. I wouldn't say mm. per the argument me and Terrence have gotten into before mm-hmm. is you would want action to be defined as energy per unit of time. Okay, yeah, and, but you're, cause that, you're saying that's more intuitive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but in, well, in, that's just because I hate times i like i hate anything that's something times something because i don't know what that means energy really. coupled in t- it's coupled with time yeah. in this action definition but the more intuitive definition would be if it's energy per time yeah but but let's anyway, not even go yeah, down that yeah, rabbit yeah. hole let's not go let's <laughs> me not. and Juan have already had like two hour discussions about this <laughs> about action action is one of these hard concepts that even like i as a physicist still don't really understand it's um, interesting it's yeah. interesting i think it needs to be discussed more in classes but it's it's kind of yeah. not. So so yeah. Anyway, um, to give you a, uh, the to go back to the I guess the the definition we're giving here uh, given here a symmetry of a physical system is a feature of the system that you're dealing with. Um, it's either observed, like it's obvious to you, or it, it can be intrinsic. Well, I actually have the definition of symmetry mm-hmm. too on I, that you might have pulled up one. You yeah, can yeah. read maybe the the Wikipedia yeah, on yeah. that. Um, Because symmetry is not like what you think. It might not. It's not like, you know, this thing has two sides. Therefore, it's symmetric. It's actually like a specific kind of symmetry. Yeah. Meaning like translational symmetry. Yeah. um, Well, that's what she's arguing. Rotational. 
Yeah, but she's yeah, she's but arguing some people that, might not understand that oh, symmetry see, doesn't mean that it's like like the a shape looking of at a mirror or something. Or something. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's I different. See. It's like a mathematical symmetry that has to do with like translation, rotation, things like that. Time, yeah. time symmetry. Yeah. So symmetry in physics is uh, how would you say? Um, oh, so you put the definition in here actually. Oh, did so, I? Yeah, yeah. So it's it's something that's preserved or remains unchanged under some transformation. Okay, so, cool. So yeah, like Terrence was saying, you know, you by transformations we mean that you can move it, move in space. Yeah, yeah. Um, rotate it, rotate it. Mm-hmm. You know, it looks the same. Right. You can flip it over an imaginary mm-hmm. axis, and it still looks the same. Mm-hmm. And she basically observed this, like this property, like oh, you can you can change the system in any sort of um in any sort of way right and it will look the same still right and the conservation of energy actually pops out of Nerther's theorem yeah, yeah, yeah. if you take the derivative of the lagrangian with respect to time mm-hmm. so if you take the derivative the lagrangian again for the for, difference for the in- non-physicist is the the if is if you subtract kinetic or if you subtract potential energy from kinetic energy mm-hmm. So just know it's like instead of adding the two energies, kinetic plus potential, it's the opposite. It's a difference in energy. Yeah, it's taking the kinetic minus the potential. So yeah. you're getting a smaller number. So you're usually looking for the smallest number with mm-hmm. action and things like that. And that. But that's the Lagrangian. So if you take the derivative of, res- of the Lagrangian with respect to time, it's actually a nice proof too. It You'll is. actually get out the Hamiltonian if you arrange it correctly. And that Hamiltonian is equal to the total energy. Yeah. So it shows you that energy is conserved when there is no time, when there's no dependency, no explicit dependency on time. Mm -hmm. You can have an implicit dependency on time, which Mm -hmm. just means like velocity can be a function of time, but your your Lagrangian cannot depend explicitly on time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry if that's too high level for some people, but... (laughs) It's very nah. hard to explain this in any uh, other simple way. No, I think I think it's. I'd have to take. I'd have to take a really long time to try to do it. Nah, it's, I think it's pretty sufficient. <laughs> I can't do it I, well I, enough. It's not. It's okay. Yeah, I think I could do better if I actually had more time, but I <laughs> can't right now. No, I think I think it's. I think that's a pretty sufficient like definition, um, because all, all she's saying is that you you can move. For example, you can move. Um, Ah, you can try this. You can move a ball. Mm-hmm. Or you can throw a... Or, mm, what's the best way to... What's the best... What's a good example of this, you could say? Let me let me, let me me make an example. So, let's say I throw a ball to Terrence. And in that motion, let's say it has some energy that it transferred whatever energy into the ball or whatever, okay. right? If I were to somehow live in an upside-down world... Mm-hmm. The physics of that wouldn't change, right? Assuming right. everything is equal, assuming right. everything is the same. Uh, and if I were to... It's better if you think of it as not on Earth. It's easier if you think of it like in space. Because we know okay. everything in space okay, yeah, let's put doesn't our, change. Let's the put thing ourselves is, in you space, have gravity right? in there, it fucks everything okay, up. All right. let's, yeah. put our, let's put ourselves in space. Yeah, if you throw in space, like you cannot differentiate if you're upside down in space or right side up. Yeah, yeah. Unless you're looking, unless you have some point of reference like the Earth or something. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. Put yourself yeah. in space and then, you know, the physics shouldn't change. I've actually got a little video on Twitter from, um, I think, I forget the guy's name, Nick something. Mm. Um, that I, If you find it on Twitter, it says something like, uh, Nerther's theorem explains simply 
I've got like a one minute video on there from there you another go. YouTuber Check it out. on go there. To, go to the go to the Eigenbrose Twitter yeah. page, and, and he see. does a nice explanation that's very quick of explaining um, the power of Nerthos Theorem yeah. or why it's useful. Yeah. So there you go. I mean, it. You, we use this theorem so that we can make generalizations about a problem like what we say canonical transformations, meaning mm. the physics is preserved even though we switch coordinate systems a lot of the time. And like you can do these kind of things, like you can you can translate your system or you can move it in some way mm-hmm. to make it simpler for you to solve using internal symmetries of the problem. Right. So symmetries like, are king in anything mathematical and physical. Yeah, because physical. it helps you makes it easier for you to yeah. solve or it can reduce the, the complexity of a exactly. problem down if your system if the system you choose is such that it it um what would you say it it uh takes advantage of the symmetries yes. involved in the problem a hundred fucking percent yeah that's and conservation of energy is like one of these things that's just like it's just so useful to use yeah. <laughs> because that's yeah. already like such a powerful thing and if you can make that even simpler yeah with symmetry then yeah. You're fucking gold. So, so yeah, <laughs> so she she basically gave us that theorem that helps us sort of at least justify to ourselves that what is legal. Yeah. And yeah. what we it's can It's like a do. generalized way to always know if your energy is conserved. Her theorem also proves if um, momentum is conserved as well mm-hmm. and then also if angular momentum is conserved. Mm-hmm. So you get like all these things from her theorem. Yeah. In a generalized framework where you yeah. can always see, oh, is my system like you don't even have to think. You just say, is my energy conserved in the yeah, system? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'll do the operation do and the see process, it. And yeah. the, yes, it is. It's so, so powerful. Yeah. So these things, when you you know, of course, the higher levels you go with math and physics, you know, you get these great theorems that make it so. You know, you think that when you get when you get smarter, you actually like your brain gets bigger. It's actually like it's smaller <laughs> because <laughs> you don't have to think about anything after a certain point. It's like when you get so high up. You you have so many tools at your disposal that are made in such a way where they generalize things so much yeah. sometimes that you actually have to think less because you yeah. can just exploit these rules that you know that are always pervasive in the universe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you see, oh, these symmetries are present? No, oh, I'll just rotely do this now. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> because it's it's easy to see this now. Yeah. Spoken like a true professor physics professor right <laughs> it's so easy right. to see the symmetries <laughs> well i won't be so out of touch to expect freshmen to do it but <laughs> i wasn't yeah. doing calc i wasn't doing calculus at kindergarten as some professors right. seem to think some professors no no some professors seem to think calculus is a preschool kind yeah. of affair or something i don't freaking know or was the classic you know what people always tell the gauss story about how when he was three years old he solve this problem <laughs> his, no. his age just gets lower and lower yeah. as it goes on no i had this professor who said uh his cat could do calculus <laughs> and i was like dude yeah just shitting on students it's like we get it you're smart yeah. Yeah. calculus but, uh, is great though i think calculus is probably the most useful math to learn you know really it really is if you like, want to get such a bang for your buck, it's, learn calculus. Yeah, because it's it's an analytical treasure trove. Like mm. uh, uh, in terms of like, you can do so much with this. It's so powerful. Yeah, with its usefulness. You just get so much out of it. Yeah, yeah, for yeah, like yeah. such a low price. For, yeah, I mean, really, you only need a year, maybe. Yeah, to learn one it. calculus one. I think you just yeah, you can cook. You can you're cooking it with a lot of yeah. stuff with calc one. If you spend time learning calculus in one year, you you're gonna be so better off. Yeah, for it. 
Yeah. So yeah. if anybody's on the fence about learning some math, you would try. Yeah. You're like, ah, showing calculus, definitely worth it. Learn like it. you could just look at some lectures. You just learn how to, just learn about the derivative, learn about the integral, and learn about the learn about limits, and that's all you need. And the integral is just the antiderivative. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> really, just comes down to the derivative. Yeah. So, <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, back to energy one. Did you um? Did you have any uh, thoughts? Any questions? That you had some interesting questions that you may may have had about energy. Energy. Um, yeah. Do you think you learned anything about the history or what? I mean, it's what, just what, any ni- comments. It's just a nice little bow on it, I guess. And yeah. energy, you know. Um, Do you feel less stupid that you know how long it took these guys to figure this out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it gives it gives some framework as to like you know th- these guys. It, it's a new concept. It's it's something that you know we're we're all building on and and. It's it's kind of amazing to me that some people we take it for granted mm-hmm. a lot of the time that these concepts weren't exactly fleshed out from the start so easily right. and, and uh, yeah we we build on we build complexity onto it and refine ideas into a digestible form that we have today and uh, yeah and I guess it kind of makes it kind of makes it more interesting like well do we have definitions of things that are wrong maybe right. Right, because it's like fix. Yeah, maybe maybe there are things that we sure. That's because yeah, I mean we're having discussions about like debates about quantum mechanics and stuff. And that yeah, we've definitely got some things right, like um, for instance, like the cosmological constant. We still Mm -hmm. have debates about how fast the the universe is actually accelerating and things Mm -hmm. or expanding. I guess I could say. Yeah. Um. So there's definitely some some things that need to be resolved, right? Mm -hmm. Um. We don't even know. Uh. Well, I don't want to get into that, but um. But it made me appreciate yeah. the the whole thing about energy, like the Leibniz debate about energy and then Newton debating about momentum. What's a yeah. better framework to work in? Right. Because... And them calling it the life force. I thought that was yeah, just cool. Like it yeah. feels like, to me, it feels more like understandable now. Mm-hmm. On, like it doesn't feel so like disconnected. I feel like, oh, like if I existed at this time, I could see myself going through this path actually. Yeah. Whereas before I knew this history, I was like... I don't think I would ever, ever in a million years come up with the concept of energy. Like I don't, yeah. I don't even see how that would happen. Well, you have an interesting addition to this, I think, because you were the one who told me the form of kinetic energy wasn't even really formulated until like recent. Yeah, like kind of late. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I think uh, you don't Coriolis. Coriolis was the guy who added in the one half. Really? Yeah. So everybody was using MV squared, and then I think Coriolis was the guy to finally be like, uh, guys, it's one half, and then this is equal to potential. And then they're like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, because it's always nice, because kinetic energy always has the form yeah. one half MV squared. Right. So when you take the derivative, you get the momentum. Right. But it wasn't immediately obvious. No. <laughs> <laughs> to some people that... These scrubs out here were all using MV squared. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because what the fuck? You get a two? Yeah. You get yeah. a two when you take the derivative. What, what, what did that come from? They just shrug it off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's twice the momentum. What the fuck happened? But you yeah. know what's crazy, actually, with this two man, with uh-huh. the energy, the whole development of energy. I've even got a nice little PDF yeah, yeah, yeah. that has the entire development of energy. Um I don't know if it's going to be important for now. You may not. We can be able give to the title it. out actually, but it's it's called the mathematical overview of mass and energy conservation in modern physics. Yeah, 
But there's even another one I've uh, more something else on there mm-hmm. that gives the entire history. But one thing I've said I've 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 um I noticed was mm-hmm. it was actually the development of thermodynamics is when they got all these concepts on lock. And it was the engineers that actually solidified all this. Oh, so when there was actually a vested interest in producing um, steam engines, steam engines, you know, all the um, modern tech, the modern industrial revolution, all this kind of stuff. That's what actually prompted them to really solidify these concepts mm-hmm. and actually find out the relationship of how heat was energy. Because mm. a lot of times people were saying, like, we're losing energy, but. Like, we don't know how this makes any sense. And then they realized only later, like, oh, when they were doing all the steam engine stuff and all this stuff, it actually was heat was actually a form of energy. And when they added heat into the equation, then they were actually getting a balance of the equations. So a lot of this development was this is hundreds of years of development of the concept of energy. Yeah. And it, you know, they really the really the guys who stamped the bow on it were all the engineers like William Ranking, I think, and then some of the other guys. I don't remember their names. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's funny because the engineers and thermodynamic people are the ones who actually really solidified all those things. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, that's, 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 that's kind of reminds me of what, um, if, 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 I don't know if this exists anymore, but uh, Brian Cox had a series that I saw a long time ago but that, that discusses exactly this. He, mm. he talks about energy. And uh, and yeah, they they talk about some of the engineering in the industrial revolution was leading to charge and all this physics. Yeah, because the work energy relation and stuff, and then like how heat. Yes, exactly. The work energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then and I mean, physics necessarily there was a lot of overlap between engineers and physicists at the time. Yeah, maybe so. Because I mean, I think this has to be also need to swallow their pride now a little bit because engineers basically invented thermodynamics. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they had to be hired in in a way because like industrialists had to had to figure out what they're like we need to minimize the cost of certain things mm. like for instance like like shipping things from across the country you needed they needed to get ice blocks from antarctica or something just to ship something produce from one state to another mm-hmm. so they needed to figure out how to one insulate things properly how to and 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 basically how to reduce like basically heat isolation all this other stuff mm-hmm. that you need to know your physics right of how heat and works. it wasn't developed well and enough, it wasn't yeah. developed enough yeah. so they had to hire physicists to figure it out and and yeah mm-hmm. those those guys came through and then they had to engineer those things and yeah yeah it was an crazy it was an iterative process that led to kind of our, our smoothness our our, our our sort of understanding today so yeah it's kind of funny i didn't even realize that thermodynamics was going to tie into this and i actually was watching um Watching some cheesy little uh, uh, film on Netflix. Yeah, it was called uh, Las. I think it's called Las Leyes de la Thermodinámica. Okay, and so it was Spanish. Yeah, so it was Bro. about some dude trying to tie in thermodynamics with love. Oh god, <laughs> it was kind of interesting because it was so confusing. It's like no movie I've ever seen. Okay, because it looked like a physics documentary. Yeah, superimposed onto a like love, love story, story. <laughs> it was very strange man like if anybody wants to check it out on netflix it, it, yeah. check it out it means i think it means just the laws of thermodynamics um but it's in spanish and uh it's really interesting you, and, yeah you should maybe check That's it out hilarious with, with your girl I, or something I, I, sometime I might, I might it's kind of it's kind of interesting you're, you're gonna be like what is this movie <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's very yeah it's very uh, interesting Maybe he's trying to argue that his love is like a law. It was. He was. He was basically trying to 
to uh, uh, put the phys- the physics of thermodynamics, and I think even more than thermodynamics, mm-hmm. onto his love situation. Okay, like it's it's interesting. You can you yeah. can see it. Like for instance, he called like he was dating this really hot supermodel, mm-hmm. and he would call her like a black hole type person mm-hmm. because she's so dynamic and mm-hmm. has so much like she doesn't have mass, but she she pulls people towards her. Okay, and like he would be she's like, like a you're nebula, sucking or all my light. Yeah, you're sucking the life yeah, out of me. Yeah. No, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's kind of like what it was. Oh, and, okay. <laughs> and then he would put like quantum mechanics in there and things, and they they'd put a bunch of real physics yeah. into the movie. That's interesting. And it's like it was like good because I I was watching it with a girl too, and I was like, this movie really <laughs> is boring as fuck. But then I was like, it's kind of helping me because it's not boring, yeah, but it's like, yeah, like yeah. I don't want to. I don't ever watch love movies it's on my like own time. You're like, yeah. It's kind of corny yeah. and stuff. Yeah. like I wouldn't watch this if it wasn't. For yeah, the but the physics like saved subtext. it, you know, because I was actually able to, you Engage. know, get something from it. So I was <laughs> yeah. like, okay, I like how he's trying to relate physics to yeah. this love story. That's nice. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to maybe I'll check it out. Yeah. It seems it seems just yeah, that's funny though. Yeah, I, I, I'm uh, curious to see what you would think. <laughs> yeah, next week we'll we'll give yeah. a give a thorough review of this no no <laughs> no we no, can't waste a podcast on that no you're right but uh but yeah um i think what about you did you have any uh other insights oh any you, yeah you final said thoughts or something yeah yeah any final thoughts uh not really i mean i just always wanted to get a better i'm glad i did this podcast because i just wanted a better understanding of what the hell energy was yeah. you know when i was you know, even before Sledging now, I was textbooks. still like yeah. trying to think of what the fuck is energy. Like, how do like what images even come to my mind? And mm-hmm. I get like Dragon Ball Z spirit bombs, and mm-hmm. you know, yeah, yeah chi and yeah, and, and Transformers energon and shit. Yeah. So I'm like, didn't didn't somebody on the comment section give a shit about that too? Because we were like the vibes or something. Something about we get bad vibes from from what's his name Jeremy Corbell or something. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were we made a comment about Jeremy's energy in the uh, Commander Fravor podcast, Favre, yeah. and there was some some person who's saying like we uh, we're not being rigorous, we're not enough. being rigorous or something. Yeah, <laughs> but it's like okay, but but you know what I mean. Where it's like synonymous with. But I think that was kind of one of those people you can't really. You probably can't really talk talk to them because if they can't see our logic yeah, yeah, yeah. from the podcast itself, yeah. then you probably can't explain much to them. So yeah. I kind of just left it after that. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. It'll be interesting to see. Maybe we can we can do a, a follow up, kind of short, quick follow up on what people say, what they think energy is. Yeah, we, we can uh, we can uh, we should leave a comment uh, or question for people in the comments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, guys, actually, uh, I think we're gonna end it soon. So what? Um, what interesting questions or insights about energy uh, do you think we missed? Do you guys have anything interesting about energy that you know, or maybe that you'd like to know even? You know, leave it in the comments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, please do. Um, or maybe even what you think energy is. Sure, yeah. Like, uh, you know, it's is it something, it, did you think, is it immediately obvious to you, like what these people were arguing, or is it something that you're like, wow? I mean, it's just kind of like a thing. Maybe you just took it for granted. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, please comment on that. And uh, yeah, yeah, cool guys. All right, cool. See ya. <laughs> thank you for surviving. Thank you, thank you guys for making it this long into another episode of Eigen Bros. Um, yeah, tell us if you like the script. T- yeah, tell us if you like the script <laughs> idea. I know we're, we're trying to work on it. We're trying to make. Uh, 
we're trying not to be too scatterbrained, yeah. you know. Um, we scattered as fuck. We are scattered as shit. <laughs> so, you know, it's because we're both, you know, if you use Myers-Briggs, we're, we're both, what is that Perceivers. called? Perceivers. Perceivers <laughs> and extroverted intuition or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we kind of just Extra, go everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Let's kind of go everywhere, right? <laughs> so, uh, so let us know. So let us know if you like that. If not, if you like more off-the-cuff kind of stuff, like us just kind of bullet point stuff and, you know, jumping mm-hmm. around. Uh, yeah. Let us know. But, uh, but yeah, it's uh, also what we said in the last part, right? You know, leave a comment to let us know that you, what you think about uh, what you walked away with and, you know, if, if, um, if that makes any sense to you. Yeah. Or if you appreciate it, at least, that somebody's finally able to, like, lay this out in this particular manner because this is not something that is even available to a lot of STEM students like, mm-hmm. in a formal manner. Unless you take mm-hmm. a history of science class, Probably they'll even skip over this. Right, like, there's right. no like how these big concepts even came to be. Um, right, yeah, right. We, we felt it. We felt it as a duty, duty to ourselves. <laughs> so, Indeed. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, yeah, guys, thanks for sticking around, and uh, mm-hmm. make sure to subscribe, like, comment, share, mm-hmm. and uh, check out our Twitter at Eigenbros. Yes. Go to the website eigenbros.com. Yeah. We're on Instagram. We have the audio podcast on mm-hmm. Apple, Spotify, Google Play, etc., etc. Yeah. And we'll see you uh, next time, guys. Yes. Thanks a lot. Yes. Peace.